Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 15 Minutes of Fame podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Erica Chason with Celeb Connect. And I'm super excited because today is the first episode of our new speaker series where we bring on people who we love to work with and book for our clients' events to get to know them a little bit better and see what they really bring to events and to audiences. Um, today, we're here with Adam Grow. Uh, many people probably know him as the host of the television uh, game show Cash Cab, but he's actually been performing in radio, television, and on stage for over 30 years. So thanks for being with us here today, Adam. The it's so apropos, the first in the series, and I'm the first man. I'm <laughs> That's right. The 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, your destination to learn from people that are passionate about their business and have amazing stories to tell. Are you ready to elevate your expectations of what you thought was possible? It's time to get inspired. And I'm, I'm very excited to have you here. We worked together before and we've talked before. So yeah, so I mean, most people know you from Cash Cab. And I know that you really started your career as an announcer and um, a stand-up comic. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your professional journey? Well, it was lovely that the journey got renewed because of Cash Cab, because I started in radio, morphed into stand-up. I was a headline stand-up comic uh, at events, conferences, clubs, theaters, etc. for over a decade before I got Cash Cab. And, uh, you know, my bread and butter was especially the corporate market, you know, hosting business sessions, doing gala events. And then I got Cash Cab, and I didn't put any of that on the, on the back burner or anything like that. But once we were into about season three or four of Cash Cab, that's when you kind of really know, okay, this is going to become a fixture. It's not like this was before really the, uh, you know, the massive streaming you know, um, binging of television that we are experiencing today. And so there was a whole new audience for me where people would go, oh, I know you, you're the cash cab guy. And then they do a little Google search or whatever. And they go, I had no idea you were a stand-up comic. So I started getting all these additional bookings. And I was like, this is awesome. I can do material I haven't done in 10 years. And, you know, I'm not that I would do that. I don't get lazy like that. But I, well, I do. But anyway, the point <laughs> is, is that I was able to get a whole new uh, audience for the corporate market, for a stand-up. And as a result of that, you, you alluded to it, um, People would know me if they randomly ended up at a show or at a conference, uh, even if it wasn't public access, and I was the entertainment, uh, they'd go, I know this guy from somewhere. And then eventually it got to the point where it's like, it, it took them a few minutes to go, oh, it's because it's he's cash guy. I had no idea he was a comic. And people would even interact with me while I'm on stage, like, give us some trivia, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to do my bits here, folks. I've got material. And then I kind of realized, well, maybe I should give them what they want. Uh, and so I brought comedy and trivia together in uh, one show. And, you know, I, I make it a, a very clear point, especially to corporate clients, that it's not about me bringing contestants from the state or from the audience up on stage and having the rest of the audience watch me play Trivial Pursuit with them. The questions are meant to be entertaining and engaging for the whole audience. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember it was a few years ago, I actually uh, booked you for the, the Adam Grove quiz show um, way up north in Inuvik. And um, I know everybody really loved it. And it's a really unique offering along with, you know, all of your MC work. And do you do stand-up comedy corporately right now? Yeah, uh, more and more it's the quiz show or me doing a keynote or me just taking a deep dive into a business session. So sometimes I'm not even doing a lot of comedy. I'm just keeping it light. So they might have a, a corporate client might have an agenda where there's 
uh, it was going to be VP after VP of keynote, keynote, keynote. And instead of doing that, I'm doing a lot of fireside chat interviews. So I have to take a deep dive into their content to interview. And they just, it's nice. A lot of corporate clients would kind of go, well, maybe we should get a professional comedian to do this. And they go, well, maybe not a comedian because then, you know, we can't control them and who knows where they're going to go with this content. So there's a few of us corporate comedians who get it. Uh, that you want to be light and you want to be fun, but you need to stick to an agenda and uh, be, you know, boardroom appropriate with your ad libs. And sometimes your brain is going off in one direction going, no, can't go there. can't go there. And then so, you know, you just develop trust over time. But once in a while, I do have a client that just says, no, we don't want the quiz show because we only want 20 minutes. Uh, and you're going to come in and you're going to, you're not even going to host the gala. You're going to do 20 minutes of stand-up comedy. And we just want you to do what you do best, which is corporate clean. Uh, you know, you know, you, you know, Erica, you could take an audience from a, a gala event and put them in a comedy club and do whatever you want. But when they're all dressed up at a gala, they don't want to talk about certain things. Um, and I don't mind as a comic when people say, don't get into Trump and don't do this. We, we want to break from that. Whereas a lot of comics would say, well, I wasn't going to, but now I am. <laughs> you know, like as soon as you plant the seed of not what to say, uh, some comedians are, are really tried and true and want to be able to do their art the way they want to do it. You must have so much, so many crazy experiences. You've been in this industry for so long. And I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, you know, is there one experience that you can think of at an, at an event where something something amazing or something crazy, uh, unexpected happened that you can think of to share? Well, one of the, there's a, there's a lot of moments, you're right, there's a lot of crazy moments. One of the moments that I'm still most proud of is there was an awards gala that I was the host at and I was just, I was injecting a little bit of comedy, uh, a little bit of, you know, quiz show stuff very briefly in between the the different blocks of awards being given out. And at this particular awards gala, what was happening is they had an executive come up on stage, frame up the winner uh, by not announcing their name, building up the winner with a little bit of a background and then announcing the winner. And this prize was their top prize for these, these employees for the year. Like they were going to get a big trip, some, uh, you know, destination and money and, prestige and it was, it was a big deal. And so things progressed. And, you know, at this one particular point, an executive got up and his job was to introduce and announce this one person. But in the process of announcing the person who won the award, he kind of ad lib sidebarred on and started talking about another person in the crowd and said his name and everybody at that person's table stood up and cheered because they thought that he kind of just, you know, uh, you know, let the cat out of the bag and, and, and mention that guy. It was a big room, like 800 people. So the executive, not a professional, was on stage with lights in his face and he started talking and, you know, the one table erupted and that person who didn't win the award stood up and started high-fiving and making his way to the front of the stage and the executive on stage didn't really know what was going on. He didn't realize that he'd uh, blown it and this guy got up to the stage and the whole, obviously the audience is in the dark. They can see everything. And so this guy got towards the front of the stage and realized he didn't win. And this executive on the stage was not talking about him and had to sit down at another table. And the audience was just like, you could feel the wind sucked out of the room. The executive kind of started to realize what he did, announced the real winner. That person happened. And I knew that that was going to be a moment. Everything else of the night was fine. 
And that was going to be a moment that was going to tarnish the feeling for not only those two people, the executive was going to be embarrassed when he realized what he had done. And that one person who didn't win, who saw, the whole crowd saw. So immediately thereafter, I brought a piece of my quiz show to the stage. And I just, I said to the crowd, I said, you know, there's a white elephant in the room and we're going to take care of it right now. And I brought the two of them back up together. The executive who made that mistake and the person who did not win, but was embarrassed. And the two of them together, I did one of my classic quiz show thing was I start a, a classic song lyric and the two contestants on stage have to sing the remainder of the classic song lyric uh, to win a prize. And uh, not only did the two of them be, have a big hug on stage and perform like it's a series of five classic uh, songs, uh, but the one guy who was embarrassed that didn't win actually ad-libbed a lyric and got a standing ovation. And so I turned a moment that was going to be uh, a negative and going to sit with people for a year until the next awards into a moment where they were the winners. And they brought me back. I hosted the next year's event and that the executive was gone. He was no longer with the company, but the guy that uh, had that happen to him, he were obviously remembered and he was so happy to see me again that year. And he was like a rock star in his company instead of being embarrassed. Wow. That is a, that's an amazing story. And actually I think there are two lessons in there. One, you should always hire a professional host for your event. And two, a professional host can, can, uh, can fix something if it goes wrong and change the energy from being negative to positive again. I, that, that's, I couldn't imagine that. And I'm so glad, though, that I wasn't that person on stage that you were making sing. <laughs> that's all well, I can think. A lot of people are embarrassed, but it's just, it's just like in the cash cab. People do better on stage when I put them. And, like I, and for people who are thinking, I would like to do the quiz show, but I don't want him to bring up random people. It's that was random because I, I was fixing a moment. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story. I love it. But the, but the contestants from the stage I bring up for the average quiz show, they're volunteering. I'm going into the crowd and asking people if they want to. I'm not bringing up people who don't want to be on stage. Right. I'm going to maybe ask a, maybe more of a personal question, Adam, because I'm curious. Yeah. Um, would you consider yourself an all around funny guy? And I'd like to know, you know, if I was at a dinner party with you, would I be laughing? It's a, it's a huge liability. I am a way too serious person. I did not get into comedy because I am the life of, I, you know, in high school and through university, I definitely was on the mic all the time. I was hosting talent nights. I was hosting high school competitions. I was all, I tried stand up for the first time for college, but just at a normal dinner party and like, say I'm at a golf tournament or, and then people end up randomly with, Oh, you're a cash cap guy and a comedian. This is going to be hilarious. And they're like, Wow, he's really serious. And I'm a very <laughs> serious person. More on top of that, I'm not only a very serious person, I'm an introvert. I would wow. just as happily be at a dinner party and be a fly on the wall and not be in the spotlight and leading the conversation. There are times when I get energized and there are certain things that I that I do get really enthusiastic about talking about. And and when you first sent me this 15 minutes of fame, I was kind of thinking about, you know, what what's guiding me right now in my life? And uh, in terms of my, you know, life philosophy at this moment in, in my life right now, and I kind of thought about one of the things that, that is uh, resonating with me is a, is a philosophy of the least you can do, right? That's a philosophy that I'm approaching. And it sounds like it's under, under you know, stimulating underachievement. But I kind of look at if everybody approached the world like me, 
uh, and uh, approach the world around you and the people around you with an attitude centered around it, it, the least you could do, it would be a better place. So I'm starting to think about that. I'm going, oh my goodness, I got to lighten up. I got I to still be funny when people are interviewing me about being a comic and being the cash cab guy. But think about it, for instance, as an entertainer, because I was known for trivia and as the host of Cash Cab, and I'm also a professional comedian. So instead of just asking trivia questions, why not make my own brand of trivia that tests people's knowledge, but is also funny? <laughs> it's the least I can do. Like, you know, if you like, why would I fight it? But that's the kind of attitude I uh, approach, not only my entertainment, but also bigger things. And because I am a serious person, like the environment, we're in a climate emergency, apparently. Can't we all just tread a little lighter? You know, uh, I can't make the dramatic changes, but there are easy wins you can make. Like the last, in the last almost two years, the number of single use coffee cups that I've used, less than half a dozen. To all my corporate events, I take a refillable coffee cup and a refillable water bottle. And you see at corporate events how much plastic and coffee, wax coffee cups are being used. You know, I'm not a big environmental activist, but that's a little change. It's the least I can do. Like, why wouldn't you do that, right? And so on the one side, I'm trying to be light about it and, you know, take an approach uh, to my comedy, go, hey, it's the least I can do. But it's the attitude that I, that my wife and I and our kids got into fostering. We foster babies with the Children's Aid Society of Toronto. And I remember when my wife asked me about doing it, uh, she asked over a period of many years and it finally took, uh, you know, our kids to be a little bit older before I was uh, ready to do it. There was a moment I had just standing on our back deck in Toronto and I thought, that's the least we could do. Like I, I'm not going overseas to dig wells and build schools uh, in third world countries because I'm too chicken. I can't do that stuff. <laughs> but if I can do something in the comfort of my own home that is benefiting the community around me, that's the least I can do. That was a great final message, Adam. And um, thanks so much for being here with us today. Um, everybody out there, you can find Adam Grow on our new Celeb Connect website, celebconnect.ca. And Adam, where else can people, can people find you? AdamGrow.com. Uh, I don't upgrade or update a lot of my website or my social streams. I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Like when I do have a corporate client, for instance, I'm retweeting their stuff or posting on LinkedIn and talking about it. I really only post things that I genuinely care about in the moment as opposed to just something daily. Awesome. This has been super fun. Thanks so much again, Adam. And, um, you know, I expect to work with you again real soon. Well, it's the least you can do. <laughs> it's the least I can do.